It's Twitter Tuesday here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. You ask me the questions, and I'm going to try and answer them. I'm Kevin McGuire. Let's get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. We're getting a little bit closer to Thanksgiving, a little bit closer to Penn State's next quest for their first victory of the season as they head out to Ann Arbor, Michigan to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan coming off their second win of the season with a triple overtime victory over Rutgers while Penn State is still trying to rebound from their fifth loss of the season to start off the year, a 41-21 setback against Iowa. We talked a little bit more about that game in particular in yesterday's podcast, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to some of the post-game reaction, we have our live Twitch stream audio from Sunday. And of course, you can also check out the regular, the regularly scheduled Monday podcast as well for some more follow-up commentary on this past weekend's game. But we are starting to turn the page. Before we do that, today is going to be, like I said, our Twitter Tuesday edition where you send us your questions on our Twitter account or on my Twitter account, and I will attempt to answer as many as I possibly can. I've got a couple quick questions here from a couple guys that we'll get into a little bit later on in this podcast. But first, I want to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps, such as Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use to listen to this podcast right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give it a rating and give it a review. That'll really help us out moving forward as well. And of course, you can also reach out to us on all of our social media platforms by using the username Locked On Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and again on Twitch. So Tuesday, or I'm sorry, Monday actually ended up being yet another good day for Ohio State recruiting, and it's going to lead into some of the questions we'll have to get into in today's episode, because one of the questions that I have in mind is what this particular season for Penn State is going to do as far as the long-term picture is concerned. Again, we're going to dive into it a little bit more later on, because it is one of the questions that we have sent to us, but it is a pretty common thread that I'm seeing a lot of people starting to react to uh, from the the Penn State beat. I've seen a lot of reaction articles and columns right now about where Penn State is as a program. And and I generally come back to saying, and and I've been asked this on the radio as well, I come back and I say that given James Franklin's tenure at Penn State, I'm willing to suggest that this is just going to be a weird asterisk kind of a year as it will be for many programs in the sports world in general. But that doesn't absolve a head coach of all the faults that we are seeing with this Penn State program. Now, obviously, I know, bizarre offseason, a lot of new members of the coaching staff, some roster modifications that you necessarily weren't planning on going into the season when last season ended. So I get it. There's so much in play here. But as I said before, and I'm going to say again, We're now five weeks into the season, going into week six of the Big Ten schedule, and we're seeing the same issues week in and week out from this Penn State team, where the offense just gets off to horrible starts, the defense doesn't start much better, and we see some bad penalties, we see some aggressive play that is probably sometimes a little too aggressive, and it's a recurring theme. I mean, you kind of know what the script is going to be for Penn State the first half of games, and I've said before that I do think that they play better in the second half of games, but it's the same pattern week in and week out. It doesn't matter what your situation is as far as off-season conditioning, off-season practices. You know, we are now past the midway point 
of the 2020 season. So those excuses are long extinct as far as I'm concerned. So I do think that this year is certainly a very disappointing season for Penn State for so many variety of reasons. We don't need to get too far into it because you know what they are. You know, you don't have Micah Parsons. You don't have Journey Brown. I get it. But those the, the loss of those two players, as great as they are, that doesn't translate from a, a team that just celebrated a Cotton Bowl victory last December to an 0-5 team this year. So <laughs> I think there's... There's some serious questions, there's some serious concerns, and there's some serious criticisms that you can make, but I don't think that this is a year where it's time to change who the head coach is or anything like that. This is just a blip on the radar for now. Now, if this continues in 2021, we're going to have a much different conversation, but I am much more willing, I think, than some to allow for this year to be kind of a lost year. I know it stinks because there were so many high expectations for Penn State this year. Uh, those have long rolled away from them, um, in most part because of their own doing. But, you know, you got to give credit to some of their opponents as well. You know, I, I'm, I'm never going to sit here and say that Penn State should have won this game. They're actually better than this team. I can't say that this year. They have been outplayed, outcoached in just about every game that they've played this year. And well, I should say every game that they've played this year and it shows. So I'm not going to take away from what Penn State's opponents have done, but this is certainly not the Penn State that we have come to recognize under James Franklin. And that's why I'm willing to suggest that I think that Penn State's probably going to be in store for a little bit of a turnaround in 2021, assuming that things can get back to a little bit of normalcy or at least a step towards normalcy as far as the off-season conditioning and off-season schedule is concerned. If not, oh boy, oh man, it, it could get ugly. And odds are you may just want to find some time to get that moment of zen, maybe kick back and relax, and just take your mind off of everything that's been going on with the Penn State football season. If you're looking to hit reset on things right now, reach for a Coors Light because it is the beer that is literally made to chill. It is cold lockered. It's cold filtered and cold packaged. Again, literally made to chill. You've got the Thanksgiving weekend coming up, so now you're going to have plenty of opportunities to hopefully sit back and relax. And you might want to make sure that your refrigerator is stock full of Coors Light right now. And the best part is you don't even have to leave home. I know things are a little bit hectic right now. It's a mad rush going out and getting everything you need for Thanksgiving. Well, you don't need to do that for Coors Light. All you have to do is load it up on your phone, go to get.coorslight.com, and you can find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, and let's face it, we all need some reasons to unwind in 2020, especially if you're a Penn State football fan. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. One more time, go to get.coorslight.com, get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Remember to celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So it is Twitter Tuesday. This is a day when I ask for you guys to send me in some questions by using our Twitter account, Locked on Nittany. Or you can also tweet them to me on my personal Twitter account or my college football Twitter account at Kevin on CFB. And as long as they are in by a certain time every Monday afternoon, at around usually around 3 p.m. Eastern, I can guarantee that they are going to be addressed and answered in the Tuesday edition of the podcast. I had a couple of people send me a couple questions, so I'm going to dig into them a little bit. Our first set of questions actually comes from our friend Andrew Wade, 
the co-host or the host of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. You'll remember last week we did a crossover episode with him uh, leading up to Penn State's game against Iowa. Well, he's chiming in this week and he's not boasting. He's not bragging or anything like that. He actually has some honest questions about Penn State and he wants to know talent wise, where would you rank this Penn State roster? Now, I don't really know exactly what Andrew is trying to get at as far as ranking it. Are we ranking them against uh, every team in the Big Ten nationally against Penn State teams of past? And I got to say, I think that this Penn State team has talent. They just haven't put it together enough to see some of the results play out on the field. So I'm not going to sit here and say that they are the most talented team in the Big Ten. That's clearly Ohio State. And the way things are going, I would suggest that maybe Wisconsin has more talent. I don't know if Michigan has more talent or not, but uh, certainly they're having their struggles as well. I think Indiana right now has more talent. They're certainly they're thriving with their talent more, more successfully than Penn State has, uh, including at Penn State's expense. But I think Penn State right now, talent-wise, is still in the upper half of the Big Ten. And that's what I go back to what I said earlier in this episode, where I'm, I'm kind of chalking this season up as a lost cause. And I'm not willing to write off anybody for what's going on this season. I've seen what this team can do uh, in previous years. I've seen what some of these players can do in previous seasons. And I know there's some younger players that we haven't really seen a whole lot of yet. And I think that there's still some room to grow for some of these younger players, especially at the wide receiver position. I think that there is some good talent. So upper half of the Big Ten, I feel pretty comfortable in saying. I know it's it's weird saying that for a team that is 0-5. But again, you can have talent. It's just a matter of living up to the potential and executing on the field. So maybe what I should be saying is there's a lot of upside potential with Penn State. Maybe the talent isn't there, or maybe it is, but I don't think we've seen that talent blossom to its full potential just yet. And if they do in the second half of the season or what's left of the second half of the season, we could get a good indication for what to expect out of Penn State in 2021, whatever that season ends up looking like. So I still think that Penn State talent-wise is okay. I mean, it's certainly not Ohio State, and that's a problem that every other team in the Big Ten has to say. Uh, Certainly, they've got some deficiencies at the quarterback position, so Wisconsin's in a better spot there. I would say Indiana's in a better spot. Ohio State's certainly in a better spot. You know, there's a good handful of programs around the Big Ten that are in a much better spot with the quarterback position, with the offensive line position, and, and probably the running back position, too. I still think the running back position can still be pretty good at Penn State, but it all relies on having that offensive line. And on the defensive side, you know, I think Penn State has a couple of really good defensive linemen, and they think they've got a couple of really good linebackers, but they haven't really shown me what I was expecting to see out of them this season. So it, Penn State talent-wise, it, it's a weird assessment right now. I, I think there's much more talent than an 0-5 record would seem to suggest, and I, I just don't think that some of the players have been able to play up to their full potential for whatever reason right now, whether it's an individual desire issue or if it's just a coaching issue, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, so another question from Andrew says, who is the future at quarterback? Well, let's just break it down into this season. I still think it's Sean Clifford. Okay. Uh, we saw Will Levis get the start last week. Uh, the depth chart for this weekend's game against Michigan has been released as I'm recording this. And the depth chart does say Sean Clifford or Will Levis. So, 
I don't know which one of them is going to start. I thought Sean Clifford was going to start against Iowa, and it ended up being Will Levis. And, of course, Sean Clifford had to come in because Will Levis wasn't really getting the offense moving the way that I think a lot of people were hoping. Uh, So you went back to Sean Clifford. So I think Sean Clifford's probably going to be the starter, and I think it'll be a starter for boom or bust the rest of this season. Because I look at James Franklin, and I know that sometimes he struggles to make those kinds of changes. And I think for a guy like Sean Clifford, who's a team captain, is still very well respected uh, within the program, even though this season had not gone well for him. I think that there's enough of a character there where James Franklin feels like he can rely on him to kind of continue to work at fixing some of the problems here. And I think we've seen some of the good from Sean Clifford over the course of the last year and a half, where it makes it pretty easy to suggest that you know what he can do. Of course, you, you see the negative as well. So it kind of goes hand in hand. But I, I do think that Sean Clifford is going to be the quarterback at Penn State for the remainder of this season. What happens next year is a different issue because I think it's time to start seeing what some of these younger options can do. You know, Tuakon Roberson is a guy that I think a lot of people are uh, excited to see what he can do. And I would not be surprised if we see a little bit of him uh, in these final few games for Penn State because what do they have to lose? You know, I've already said this Penn State team is not going to a bowl game in very all likelihood. I don't think that that's going to be a possibility right now. They've already clinched a losing record. So if you don't get a chance to go to a bowl game and get those extra bowl practices, now is as good of a time as any to see what some of these younger players are able to do. So I would not be surprised if we see some new looks with the quarterback position and seeing what they can do in these final couple games uh, just to kind of mix things up a little bit. Because I think it could be some valuable playing time in these next few games just to get those experience or get those players some experience as they prepare for whatever's going to happen this offseason. So I'd be very curious to see what happens, not just at the quarterback position, but maybe a couple other positions as well. Final question from Andrew, and then we'll take a break and come back with some more questions. What are three reasons for positivity next year? Well, I, I, I think I sort of touched on some of them. You know, first and foremost, uh, the first thing I would say positively is James Franklin has a track record. Uh, and Penn State has performed very well as far as uh, accumulating wins is concerned. So I don't think that this year is the death sentence for Penn State and suggesting that it's time to clean house. I, I think this is a, a good opportunity, supposing that uh, things are a little bit more normal than they have been in 2020. I, I think Penn State is due for a significant bounce back next year because I think that there is there is just too much talent to be as low as they are right now. So I think uh, a bounce back season is absolutely almost a guarantee right now as far as I'm concerned. So if that's a positive note, uh, I'll take it. Second, and sort of kind of going hand in hand in that, another year is going to be another year of experience and time to work with this coaching staff. I've mentioned before, you have so many new coaches on this staff this year because Ricky Vining, when he left for Old Dominion, he took a handful of assistants. I mean, you know, maybe they were lower level assistants, but it's still a good amount of uh, staff shuffling that went on at Penn State without a typical offseason to kind of get everybody in sync there. I think having a second year, you know, firstly, a f- first, a, a real full off season, if that's going to be possible with Kirk Sharaka, I think that's going to help uh, for certainly for the offense. Offensive line has been a mess. I think in a full off season with Phil Trotwin, uh, the new offensive line coach that came down from Boston College, I think that that will help immensely. Uh, you've got Stubblefield as the wide receivers coach. 
that will help as they continue to work with these players that they're going to be working with to try and get them ready to try and get all everybody on the same page. I really think that that's going to be a big reason why Penn State should be much better at the start of the 2021 season, especially on offense. And third, you know what? Penn State is not an 0-5 team. They're really 1-4, right? So I don't, I'm kind of forcing myself right now. It, it's tough to be overly positive here. And that's the thing. I tend to be a pretty positive person. And that's why even after all of these losses that we have seen this year from Penn State, I do feel as though I go out of my way sometimes to try and shine a little bit of positivity, even when things look very grim. And I've said on multiple occasions throughout the season, with the exception of, I guess, that Maryland game, I could find some positive note. I could find one positive development in each game that we saw this season. Game one against Indiana. Uh, Offense certainly did a very good job of accumulating yardage. The defense, for the most part, did their job. Uh, And, of course, that game ended on a fluke play that Penn State probably should have won that game if the Big Ten officials saw the same replays that everybody else did. Uh, Against Ohio State, uh, certainly got off to a bad start, but came back and battled in the second half. Offense finally got something moving against a very good Ohio State uh, team. Unfortunately, the defense wasn't able to do the same, but there was a fight in that Penn State offense. You could say the same thing uh, against uh, Nebraska, uh, where they got into a big hole, dug out of it a little bit, had a chance to tie it up right at the end. This team doesn't quit. And I've said that before, you know, the Maryland game seems to be the exception to the rule this season, where Penn State starts off awfully, and then they battle back in the second half. They're never out of a game. And that's something that has been a characteristic of Penn State, really under James Franklin's whole tenure. There have been very few times when you didn't feel as though they were going to make a run in the second half, make things interesting. And you know, even if they get off to a bad start, you know that in the second half, they're going to make their adjustments and they're going to find something that works for them. And then they're going to continue on and either tie it up, take the lead, pull away, whatever the case may be. They're a much better team in the second half. And that has been the case four out of the five games this season. Uh, so th- that that's something that I think suggests that there is something positive going on within this program, even underneath the onion skin of an 0-5 start. Uh, There is some fight in this team. They're not quitting. They're still battling. It doesn't look pretty, but you know what? (laughs) Nothing in an 0-5 season is going to. But I think if you are looking for some positivity, you're looking at that glass half full, this Penn State team is not quitting on the season. Now, we'll see what happens this weekend against Michigan. We'll see what happens against Michigan State and Rutgers to close out the year. But from what I'm seeing, I don't see a team that is ready to pack it in just yet. I think this is a team that's motivated to get that first win of the season under their belts, get that monkey off their back, and then see if they can finish the season on a winning note. Obviously not a winning record, but put together a couple of wins to end out the year. It's going to be much better than going into the season or the offseason with one win or zero wins. So, I think that there's still some reason for optimism. It's very tough for a lot of people to accept, but that's just how I am. And hopefully I can help you feel a little bit better moving forward as well. We have some more questions to get into on our Twitter Tuesday edition of today's podcast, the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When we come back, we've got a couple more questions about James Franklin and what to do with that quarterback position, because that's what everybody wants to talk about. We know what I want to talk about. 
I want to talk about Built Goes, the energy gel from the people that brought you Built Bars. You know Built Bars. They're the protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar. Uh, Built Go is something that's going to help you feel like you can break through any wall that you've got standing in front of you. Uh, you know, This is a short work week for many people out there, but if you're going through a grueling five-day work week uh, on a normal occasion and maybe you even have to leave the house to do so, sometimes it can be tough getting through that work week, especially in this year. There's so much going on. You probably have a couple extra burdens on your shoulder that you're carrying around. Try out the Built Go. It's going to help you feel good. It's going to help you energize you. And there's a reason that my coworkers at work, I, I work a day job. I work all day standing on my feet. Uh, it can get kind of tiresome in the second half of the day, especially after lunch. But there's a reason why my coworkers wonder how do I have so much energy? How do I keep a smile on my face? How do I keep moving forward when with a full burst of energy when everybody else is just kind of lagging down, kind of going through the motions, just waiting until they can punch out for the day? And I tell them, you got to try out the Built Go. It's an energy gel. It comes in a little one and a half ounce package. They've got a couple different flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate mint. It's going to help you feel good. It's going to give you that burst of energy. It's like drinking a caffeine drink, but you're not going to have that crash feeling later on. So if you're looking for something that'll help you break through your wall, visit BuiltGo.com and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! We've got a couple more questions from someone for our Twitter Tuesday edition of the podcast, but I want to make sure you guys check out tomorrow's podcast because we are scheduled to have a crossover episode with our pal Isaiah Hull, the host of the Locked on Wolverines podcast. We're going to talk some Penn State, Michigan, get his take on where the Michigan Wolverines are coming into this weekend's game against the Nittany Lions. I don't think many people would have predicted a winless Penn State versus a two-win Michigan uh, at Thanksgiving weekend, but that is the situation we are in. So it's uh, the stakes are not exactly as high as they could have been and have not been in previous years. But I'm looking forward to talking to Isaiah and getting his take on Michigan. Hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast as well. All right, closing out our Twitter Tuesday edition of the podcast, we have a couple questions from PSU Trad on Twitter who says, thinking long-term, will this season have any drastic impact on recruiting in 2023 and 2024? Also, does James Franklin go to the portal for a quarterback or wait and see what Christian or Bo can do? Thanks, Kevin. Love the podcast. We are. First of all, Dred, thank you so much for the compliment. And if you want to help share and spread that word, make sure you are subscribed and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting app. That would be greatly appreciated. I know I would be thankful for that this Thanksgiving week. But I will say, and this kind of goes hand in hand with what I was talking about earlier in today's episode, where does this season go for Penn State moving forward? And what does it have in the big picture? I've always said that this year is going to be weird. And I think that this is going to be a little bit of a setback, certainly on the recruiting trail, at least as far as the class of 2021 is concerned, maybe even the class of 2022, because if you're losing games in 2020, you're probably going to lose some enthusiasm about the product that you're putting out there and trying to recruit. But 2023 and 2024 could be a much different situation that's a little bit more closer to what Penn State has been doing in recent years. I know people get carried away with the fact that Penn State doesn't necessarily grab all of the state's in uh, top talent, and that is a concern. But I do think that there are still some successes elsewhere on the recruiting trail in some other very key areas. So I don't get too carried away with what's happening as far as Penn State, Pennsylvania talent is concerned. But I do think 
now would be a great time to start finding a way to deliver those messages, certainly in the state that you're going to restore the pride in your program. Because even if Penn State loses every game this year, this is not going to completely derail their recruiting for years and years to come. It's very difficult when you're looking at Ohio State as the gold standard in Big Ten recruiting. As I'm recording this, they landed another five-star product out of Texas. Just earlier today at the wide receiver position, they landed the, one of the top quarterbacks in the country just the other day. So uh, Ohio State continues to be rolling, and that makes it very difficult for Penn State to keep up and maybe even try to close the gap with the Buckeyes. The gap is widening. So it's very important to look long-term, look into the future, and figure out how you're going to sell the idea that coming to Penn State is going to be uh, the best choice possible for some of that top talent out there as you try to get back to winning and contending for and winning a Big Ten championship, making that final leap into the college football playoff. I still think that Penn State's in store for a good rebound year next year. So while this year may stink as far as the wins and losses are concerned, if you have a good year next year and you show that there is reason to be confident in where Penn State is, that will only help solidify the comfort that recruits in the class of 2023 and the class of 2024 will likely have in what James Franklin is doing at Penn State. And I think even more so, if you do come back and you have a very good year in 2021, that even strengthens the idea that this really is just a blip on the radar. This is not a year to push too many panic buttons. And this is a year that it shows that it is not the norm at Penn State. Remember, they've won 11 games how many of the last few years. So this is a program that has set a very high standard. They're not meeting it this year, but if they can meet it next year or exceed that standard next year, then your class of 2023 and 2024 are going to be just fine. There's really no reason to be too concerned about that. I do worry what this means for a class of 2022, though. I think class of 2021 is probably still going to be okay. I don't know what uh, success this season or failures this season would do to impact the recruiting class that... I guess, is still going to start signing in December. We're very close to when the National Signing Day is going to be uh, in the December period, unless they've changed that. I should actually double-check on that. But I still think that 2022 is probably the biggest concern right now. But 2023, 2024, you still have time to clean that mess up. So I would not worry too much about that. As for the transfer portal for a quarterback, I I would not be surprised if it's at least discussed. And I I do think that Penn State would be a pretty interesting destination for whatever transfer quarterbacks go out on the market. And there are always going to be some good quarterbacks out there. Uh, Certainly as soon as um, we start to see some younger quarterbacks shining in their current locations and maybe sending some other guys out the door, Penn State would be a pretty interesting mix. But I don't think that that's going to be where James Franklin and his staff go. Unless they are really desperate to pad the depth at the quarterback position on the depth chart, I really don't see that as a real strong possibility for Penn State. And you know, maybe we'll have to take a little bit of a deeper look into it at some point in time and see what, uh, what transfer quarterbacks could eventually be out there. Uh, th- that certainly could just change my mind one way or the other. But I, I don't see... Penn State going the grad transfer route too often. And I certainly don't know if going that way for a position like the quarterback position is going to be something that they keep in mind. I know I was asked on the radio about the possibility of Tanner Morgan going from Minnesota to Penn State, reuniting with Sharaka. 
let's throw that out of the conversation. That's just not going to happen. I think he's Tanner Morgan has not been having a great 2020 season either, but I think he's far more likely just to go to the NFL than play another year of college football. I think that that's probably going to be his most likely destination. So uh, while the idea intrigues me slightly because I saw what uh, Morgan did with Shiraka as his offensive coordinator last year with Minnesota, uh, I, I don't think that that's going to be a realistic possibility. And one last question, or what, do they wait to see what Christian Arbelli could do? I, I think it's going to be a wait-and-see policy. I, I think that Penn State is going to be go forward with the recruits that they have, with the talent that they have, with the roster that they have at the quarterback position, and hope for the best. And this is where it, the pressure really falls on your offensive coordinator and your other coaches on the staff to really get these guys to live up to their potential. And I still say it really starts with that offensive line. I'm not going to be too critical of what's happening at the quarterback position until the offensive line proves that they can be trusted. If you don't have an offensive line, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is, how good your running backs are, how good your receivers are. And by the way, at Penn State, they may not be all that great, aside from Jahan Dotson. But I do think that uh, there are so many different areas here uh, to, to improve for Penn State that going the grad transfer quarterback route, I, I think is going to be so far down the list of priorities for Penn State as far as the rest of this season is concerned, whatever happens in the off season, unless they end up losing some quarterbacks to transfers as well, that could open up the door to a more likely chance that a grad transfer comes in and takes a spot in the quarterback room. But as of right now, I don't see that as one of the high priorities for Penn State moving forward. Great questions today. Thank you so much for you guys sending in those questions. I hope that you guys enjoy that and hopefully you guys will do that once again next Monday. Again, you can send in questions at any time and we'll throw them into the podcast at, and on any given day. But Twitter Tuesday is when we're going to try and plow through as many questions as we possibly can. But we can't do it without you. So you got to send in your questions. You can send in your questions on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can also catch me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And while you're checking out our social media profiles, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the same username of LockedOnNittany. I'm still on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Just throwing that out there. And of course, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you have not subscribed already in whatever podcasting app you're listening to right now, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and give us a subscription and then leave a rating and leave a review. Not only do we genuinely appreciate the feedback, and I, and I really do mean that, and I know some people say that, but I actually do appreciate your feedback, positive or negative. And we just want to make this show something you want to come back to and share with your friends and your family and your fellow Penn State fans. And the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review because that'll really help us with our placement on those various podcasting apps. So we appreciate all of your support and we appreciate all the support you've given us so far to this date since I've taken over and hosting this podcast uh, last year. And we're, we're having a lot of fun and I hope you guys are as well. That's going to do it for today's episode. Again, we have our crossover episode with Isaiah Hull from Locked On Wolverines coming up next uh, tomorrow. So make sure you come back and check that out. Get some good talk about the Michigan Wolverines as Penn State gets ready to try and take down Michigan in Ann Arbor as they go for their first win of the 2020 season. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys all later. Bye. Bye.